seated as we walk through Psalm 70 together. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them turn back because of their shame who say, aha, aha. But I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, send forth your Son to lead home his bride, the church, that with all the company of the redeemed we may finally enter into his eternal wedding feast. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning from uh, the prophet Amos in the fifth chapter. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from a lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light, and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs, to the melody of your harps I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, Through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise and honor the gospel and from Matthew's gospel in the 25th chapter. Then... The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. 
For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to be at the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. I invite our young ones. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we once again thank you for bringing us together into your house, gathering us together as your people, and bringing to us your word and your gifts. We pray you move by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us rest in the promise, return of Christ, and your forgiveness for us and him. And in his name we pray. Amen. The church year is winding down, and if you're not familiar with the liturgical church year, the way that usually flows is Advent is the beginning of it, and right around Thanksgiving is the end of it, really. The last Sunday in the church year tends to come right near the end of November, and so this week, next week, and the Sunday following are the last three Sundays in the church year. Now, the way that whole setup runs is that you get to hear the entire narrative of Scripture from Jesus' birth during Advent and the waiting for Jesus' birth during Advent to Christmas where you get his birth all the way through the ministries, all the way through to Easter and his death and his resurrection and then the early church all year long. And then now is the time when we focus in a little bit closer on the texts that talk about his second coming. So the joy that's in there for a preacher is that for three Sundays, I get to talk to you about judgment. Yeah, fun stuff, huh? All right. So for these three Sundays, as we look at that, we get two of them that are a parable. And then our last one is our Lord himself telling his disciples what that final day is going to look like. But for this Sunday and next Sunday, we're going to be looking at a a couple of pieces that Jesus is talking about, and all three of the scriptures that we're looking at flow from one right into the next. So from this Sunday to next Sunday and the one following, it's a consistent conversation with those two parables and then him kind of letting the disciples know what that last day is going to be like. And I'm sure it's something you've pondered over time, but this is also a great time of year as we think about light and dark and judgment. Um, Let me give you an example. How many of you have neighborhoods where Christmas lights are already up? Is it your house? Do you feel behind the eight ball a little bit because somebody else beat you to it, right? Like, you know where your Christmas lights are. They're probably up in a tote somewhere in the garage. I know that ours are in one of three or four totes somewhere up there, and I'm pretty sure they all work. They might be ready to put up, and uh, we'll plug them in around... 22nd and find out if they're going to work out well or not. 22nd of December, by the way. 
life runs that way sometimes. Not always feeling prepared, right? And then other times we've got it kind of all together. But in those times where we're feeling unprepared, either somebody else is kind of looking down and saying, yeah, you uh, really should get your act together, or we see others that seem like they've got it so all together, and then we start to wonder, and we start to judge ourselves even in the midst of that, if we should be doing something different. So we kind of know what it's like as we see those who have light and those who don't, and the feelings in between some of that. And it's a funny little example, but, you know, it kind of gets the point across. That's what parables are, too. But for Jesus, as he would tell a parable, there's all kinds of details in a parable, and we always end up wanting to figure out what every single little detail is in the midst of that parable. But as Rachel said, parables usually, no matter what all the details are, have one point. And it's a made-up story around one point to get to that one point. And in this one, Jesus lays it out for us at the very end of the parable. And he says, the main point of the whole thing in summary, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour that the Lord will return. That's, that's the point. But there's a lot of stuff before that that we connect to and we hear and we read. So the other thing I would like to do on this Sunday and next Sunday is actually grab a piece of artwork that helps us see some of that as well. And I came across this one. I thought it was a beautiful piece of artwork. It's uh, by a gentleman named Ain, Vi- Ain Vines, or Ain Vines. It was a very interesting name. A-I-N is his first name, and the last name is V-A-I-N-E-S, if I remember right. I say that because I want to note the artist in it and give him credit for it. Uh, it's a beautiful piece and in it you can see that there are those that have light you know of the ten virgins that are there those waiting for the bridegroom to come you can see the angel up above blowing the trumpet announcing the coming of this bridegroom but I mean normally if it was just a regular story in our day and age you wouldn't have an angel with the trumpet announcing it so you get this little overlap between those who are there and waiting and those and then also this idea of the angel of the Lord proclaiming his second coming, right? Now, as we walked through this parable, there was something that was very interesting to me that stood out to me for the first time, too. They knew they were part of this party that was going on. They were invited, not only invited, selected, right? How many of you invite everybody you know to be part of your wedding party? No, you don't. Right? You invite a bunch of people to it, but then you select out a few that are there to really focus in and have an intentional role and to be there as close as they can to you. And there's some, as many of you probably understand from marriages in times past or your marriage in time past, uh, there are some who take that role really responsibly. <laughs> and then there's others. <laughs> who may not take it as responsibly when they're there to support and take care of duties and responsibilities. But these 10 all gather together and you've got some that plan ahead and you've got others that are showing up kind of expecting everything to happen in their timeline. Now, oftentimes when I would remember this parable, I always remember the ones with light as the ones who are just always awake and ready for when the bridegroom came and the others fell asleep. But that wasn't the case, was it? All of them grew weary and slept. All of them rested. 
all of them had a time frame and a period where they were just sleeping, waiting. And then this loud cry, the bridegroom is here, come and meet him. Think about that for a second. You've got some of them that carried enough oil to last quite a long time, and you've got others who their lights are just flickering and going out. And it's not the bridegroom is somewhere far off. It's the bridegroom is here. Come and meet him. He's present. He's on his way. He's down the road. We can see right where he's at. And in that moment, in that time frame where they were all awake once again, there were those that had light and those that didn't. I guess one question we could ask is, what does it mean to have light? What does it mean to be prepared? What does it mean to hold on to this light so that it would be there and show where you're at and then also guide in this path as the bridegroom came in, right? Well, you all, you all have that light. It's kind of a neat thing. In baptism, God's word is wrapped around you. You hear his word spoken into your ears. There's a joy that rests in your heart. So like the Apostle Paul says, you grieve as those who have hope, not as those who don't have hope, right? You have a light within you that God has given to you as he has given you of his Holy Spirit. As he has given you eyes to perceive a world in a different way. Eyes that are longing for the coming of the Lord once again. Because when he comes, it would be that joyous gathering together of his people. And so it's a day that we look forward to. A day that you are prepared for. Maybe not by your own hand necessarily. But certainly by God's hand. As he has prepared you to receive him in that day when he comes. Now, during that time. You get to share that light with others. You get to speak that light into others' ears, show that light to others. And, and as we focus in just on the five that are there, you can see how bright that gathering of them is. I mean, some of it almost washes out because the light is so bright. There's so many times you were gathered together and spiritually, joy-wise, it's that bright, and it's beautiful to see that. I hear of you in smaller gatherings together in the middle of the week and going to go visit friends and to speak into their lives. I see you doing things for the community. I see you doing things for each other at church, and that light is a beautiful brightness that shines within God's people that he has put within you, and it is beautiful to see it light up the path for one another and take care of one another. It's gorgeous. It really is. So I'm thankful to be able to see that because that's something that God does through you. And now, this is kind of one of the hard parts in the parable, though. There's five others, right? You got these five. You got these five who slept the same way as the other five, who woke up and then all of a sudden weren't prepared. And I think this is kind of the point that Jesus is getting to when he says, watch therefore for the day because neither any or none of you will know the day or the hour that the Lord returns. 
See, in that day, there won't necessarily be an opportunity for those who had no light to go and find it. So we're not at that day yet. As much as we may want to look at this parable all the time and think of it as this is our day and age right now, no, we haven't seen that second coming yet. We haven't seen that final judgment yet. We haven't seen that day that the Lord comes yet. So when those who had no light went to those who did, and they said, give us of some of your light. We need that light. They said, well, we can't. We can't because the bridegroom's already here. He's coming. We're coming out to meet him. He's already here, and this is it. This is the final shot. This is the last day. So we can't give you of any of ours. So go and find some. But that's not where you're at right now. There's plenty who need that light. There's plenty who need to hear of that light. There's plenty who walk around in a spiritual darkness that have no idea what it's like to know the light and love and mercy and grace of our Lord. So who are they going to hear it from? Well, if they make their way through our doors at either campus, they might hear it from Pastor Bob or me. Their neighbors around my house, I pray for the opportunity that they may hear it from me. But those folks in your life, they're likely going to hear it from you. Because you do have that light to share. You do have everything that God has given you that guides your life. You do have all of that Holy Spirit within you to be able to share with others. You have that opportunity to spend time with them and to Fill them up with the light that's needed as God works through you for all the people around you. And that's a wonderful opportunity we still have because that second day hasn't come yet. And I started to wonder a little bit about these five. I know it's not in the parable, but every parable that Jesus tells starts to make us think a little bit. What would it have been like if they just didn't leave? You have a feeling that one of the things we see in here is that they were so worried about their status before this bridegroom, so worried about what they had not done, that they wanted to focus in on what they could do to bring to him their own doings and then say, look, here's what we've got for you. Look how good we are. Look what we did for you. Look, we went through the extra work to gain it ourselves and bring it back to you so that you would know we were worthy. And... I mean, if Jesus is the bridegroom that's in the middle of that, what would it have looked like if they just sat there and they said, I'm sorry. I didn't do as I was supposed to. I didn't bring enough, plan enough, expect enough. In fact, I expected you to come back within my time frame, and I was wrong. I'm sorry. But I trust in you. I'm thankful you're here. Would you have mercy? I wonder what that would have looked like. That's the opportunity those who have no light right now still have. That's the opportunity that God gives us to be able to offer to them. To be able to say there is a light. His name is Jesus. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you the joy that he brings in my heart. And they say, well, didn't you just have a loved one die? Yes, absolutely, he did. But... I can rest sure in the promises that God has made to that person and still have a joy while I mourn as opposed to 
a complete despair in wondering what it's all going to be like because I trust in a God and in a Lord who not only offers me grace and forgiveness but died and walked through death so that death would not reign and there would be life so that when he comes again, he offers life and eternity together, a peace together where everything is whole and complete, everything in its right place everything working properly between creation and creator, everything there and there's no separation whatsoever, trusting in the work that he has done on our behalf. That's a beautiful thing to be able to share with folks, and we still have time to do that. I mean, until the day that Jesus comes back, we have time to share that message. We have time to speak of that light into the middle of dark places. We have time so that our friends and neighbors and loved ones wouldn't be scrambling on that day that our Lord comes back. But they'd be gathered together with those who have that same light, the Word of God, placed in your heart to continue to hold on to you and point you to Jesus, where your life rests, your life into eternity, your life in this day and age. So we've still got time. We may not know how much, but we still have time. That's a beautiful promise, right? Every single day you wake up with sight in your eyes and breath in your lungs. That's a good day to be able to share the light of Jesus and know that that light has been shared with you and fills you up completely. And that because of Christ, there is no darkness within you. I know we feel it, and it's there, but we have that opportunity to continue to ask for forgiveness to continue to receive forgiveness, to continue to hear God's words preach into our ears so that light would not run out. What's it say in the Psalms? Your word is a light into my path and a lamp unto my feet. Yeah, that's your light. Amen. You pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would continue to guide us by your spirit, continue to brighten our path, continue to light it up in such a way that there's such an over and abundance of it that we end up sharing it, not even knowing it. We pray that you continue to guide us as we care for one another and care for the world around as we continue to look to share your good grace with everyone so that when the day comes that Jesus returns, that we would receive you in that same light and know that you would be gathering us together into your kingdom, into your presence, to your wedding feast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.